Hey, Gravity Lift fam, we have a big favor to ask of you. Please head over to iTunes, look up the Gravity Lift podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars would be awesome if you are a fan of the podcast. And if you are looking for other ways to support, we have a Patreon page, which is a simple way for you to contribute to the creation of all things Gravity Lift. In exchange, you'll receive some fun perks as well as our humble gratitude. And it's really just a way for us to continue creating new and informative content. If you'd like to learn more, head to patreon.com slash gravity underscore lift. Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. If you had to pick anywhere, a physical location that was your happy place, where would it be? I would say that um, patch of grass just outside of our house on the hill with my cute little children reading books on a blanket and overlooking the view. It's a good spot. It's my favorite patch. What about you? Uh, I mean, I guess I'll stick with the, the patch theme here. It would be a patch of grass up in Desolation Sound. Whether that's, eh, I guess it would pretty much have to be next to water. Pretty much everything up there is water related. And so I think that's kind of what intrigues me the most about it is that connection between trees and grass and water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I'm looking for uh, community vibes, hanging out with friends, then I want a little bigger patch of grass. My favorite uh, is up there in Bellingham right now. Yeah, can we get everyone together in one patch of grass? I think we can. It's this beautiful little festival created by our friends last year, and this year it's getting even bigger. I'm so excited for APOG. We're less than a month out. Yeah, and it really kind of started with this any patch of grass being possible, and now we have selected our patch of grass, and we are building our grass army to join (laughs) together. I loved chatting with brad and evan about what we have in store for this year some of their ideas on where it could go and i think this podcast will be a great episode for any of our friends that you know that we told them about it and they were like oh that sounded cool but i don't know i feel like this will be a great way for them to get excited about it maybe get off the fence and buy their tickets and then the people who were there last year who are already missing it and can't wait for it to be here this will be like their little appetizer yeah people can get a feel for what to expect i love it all righty let's get grassy and grassy people (laughs) can can you do that one more time i shot a hippopotamus both made of platinum because if i use lead his head would surely flatten them wow unique new york what what was that last one before it will flatten them his head will surely flatten them Uh, i mean i might have stumbled over it. i'm not perfect but I mean, you're pretty perfect in my opinion do better amazing how did you come about that uh that would be maestro singers (laughs) in high school that was one of our warm-ups Mm-hmm. You're a singer? I mean, defined singer. I mean, everyone's a singer, I guess. <laughs> I, I am definitely but not you, a singer. You, <laughs> you got the voice. Sultry. That's, mm. It actually, when I was like growing up, I would random, like just people I didn't know, I'd start talking and some, like if they were a singer, somehow choir related, 
And just be like, oh my God, you need to sing for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't have any baritones. <laughs> deep, deep, rich voice. Yeah, especially in high school. Everyone's squeaky. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I want you to sing. I mean, I don't know if this is going to sing at uh, APOG. I, I, well, I feel like there might be some openings on the activities and <laughs> workshop <laughs> yeah. schedule that we could make that happen. Yeah, I could just carry around a microphone. Just yes, I'm not plugged into anything. Mic just a tiny bit higher for you. <clears throat> um, Alrighty. Let's do this. I mean, we're already recording because I Whoa. wanted to get Brad's just fantastic yeah. tongue twister there. <laughs> yeah, you like so. that? Is that alliteration or what do we call that? I think it's uh, just like a vocal warm-up. I don't oh. know what you... I mean, it's, it's got a lot of... Uh, I think it has to do with... The, I shot the hippopotamus with bullets. It's like the, the cadence and the... Yeah. yeah. Alliteration is when the... The, the sound oh. words sound start like, with the same yeah, sound. Like, gotcha. It starts she with the sells, same sound. She sells seashells by the seashore. That's, a, oh. that's alliteration there. Okay. Those are the only ones I know. So I think that one's more just about the cadence and the rhythm and the yeah, difficult words. Cadence and rhythm are extremely important. Mm-hmm. I see you. I see you raising your eyebrows at me. <laughs> For those of them who are just listening. The listeners that yeah, can't hear this. Yeah, yeah. See this? <laughs> you listening listeners that can't hear this podcast. Try to see it. All right. Uh, this podcast one... now in Braille. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, one thing we to keep in this uh, thread, one thing we like to do with our podcast is we ask our guests at the very beginning what their safe word is now mm. you don't have to actually you know use your own safe word if you have one in real life but use your safe word for the podcast and the reason we set this up is for people like a producer that has something they can't talk about a song that's coming up or you know a certain event they're like we haven't released the headliner sorry i can't talk about that uh and so since we'll be talking about various other things if there's anything that comes up so which one of you wants to go first with your safe word Feel free to add context to why this is your safe word. Hmm. What? Of the two people, I would never have thought either of you would be stumped on this question. I'll go with blorange. It's <laughs> <laughs> a word I made up. I have the hue light bulbs, right? So when I have yeah. my blue orange lights on, that's, uh, that's blorange. I made a lot of like some mashup word, uh, color words. I like it. It's like with blorange. It's not right. my real safe word. Forge! Forge! I mean... It could be. I mean, I guess... Yeah. That's amazing. Nice. That's Brad. Brad Blorange. All right. Evan, I'm still working you? on it. Yeah. Oh. So to give you some little... Uh, some help, most people tend to come up with a food. Mm. Food yeah. is kind of the... 95% of people come up with the food. Some mm. people use the same food. Um, oh, shit. All right. Rigatoni. Oh, oh. oh I like that. <laughs> Two very saucy. unique ones. Saucy, saucy. Right. You would do rigatoni. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now if we go down any treacherous uh, road, then just yell your safe word. All is good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ooh. So where should we kick things off here? Should we kick off with uh, some podcast action or should we go down who these two wonderful individuals are? Yeah, I want to get to know you guys a little bit first. So we've got Brad, right? Hello. Hello, Brad. Tell Hi. us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you come from? Where are you going? Where'd you come from? Where'd Cotton Eye Brad. Uh, I was born in <laughs> Tacoma, Washington. Oh, nice. Uh, grew up in Gig Harbor, Washington, suburb of, of Seattle, down by the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Uh, went to high school in Gay Harbor, went to college at Western Washington University. There's a good chance that I was in Bellingham while Evan was there, because oh. that's where he grew up, but well, long before we knew each other. Uh, spent a year teaching uh, English in China, 
then spent a year and a couple months in the Bay Area, down in down on the peninsula in San Francisco, and then out the East Bay, Walnut Creek area. And then I came back up to Seattle. I've been here ever since. Nice. So that is the quick and dirty. That was a, that was a good synopsis. And, yeah. and there yeah, were several things in there that I yeah, did not know yeah. somehow. Yeah, it's the okay. summary for sure. And then this guy, Evan, what's your what's your synopsis? Yeah. So Brad's got a few years on me, so mm-hmm. I haven't uh, had mm-hmm. a chance to live in so many places. <laughs> but like you mentioned, yeah, I born and raised in Bellingham. Um, sort of a Bellingham kid through and through. Uh, came to Seattle to study architecture originally at UW and never left. Um, while I was there, I also studied construction management. So I have two degrees there that sort of heavily influence all the projects I take on in my free time. Um, yeah. Nice. That's the very short. And mm-hmm. then how did you two meet? That's going to come into the story of APOG a little bit too. But uh, I was um, had a pretty tight friend group in the Seattle area out in Ballard, um, but, you know, life's changed. We had a couple people move out of town, a couple people were trying to have a kid together. And so the friend groups kind of, you know, went its own diff- different direction. And at that point I was hanging out with a couple, s- small select group in that friend and started running into these guys. Uh, we met through RJ really is how I met this friend group. Um, but really after <laughs> meeting Amanda through RJ, it was not long after that that they invited us to go to Sasquatch. Mm. That's and not the first time we met you. Well, that's how, that's how, do we, do we need to talk about that story? Uh, I think we got time. We, we got time. So. All right. All right. We got time. You're right. We might as well tell us appropriately. So anyways, uh, I reconnected with RJ. RJ went to college with me up in Bellingham um, and we we're good friends, but just didn't really see each other much in our adult lives. And then we kind of reconnected. Um, and so we just went to this, we both RJ did this event on Facebook. It was like an indoor beach rave. I was like, what the heck are you going? Why are you going to this, RJ? Like, I don't think that's your personality at all. And it's like, oh, wow, you're doing this too. So that was really fun. And I met Amanda that night and she's part of the big college crew that these guys all rolled with. And then turns out the host of the podcast here, one of them, uh, Jordan was having a little boat party. Uh, his parents had a yacht. Do they still have that thing down there? Yeah, it's down not sold yet. Yacht moored down in uh, Lake Union. And yeah. so there was a themed party happening called uh, Pimps and Hoes. Uh, and I was going to bring my plus one Becca, one of my besties, who... Antonella <laughs> looks at Jordan with uh-huh. disbelief. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. so baffled because I know what night you're talking about, and I had uh-huh. no idea that was when all this of you all, guys got... That's when the magic happened. I so. had assumed you had been in around mm. before that. No, that wow. Was, that was like the first time meeting everybody. So first time meeting everybody, uh, Becca is just a wonderful influence on my life. And she's like, hey, I want to go as a pimp, so you should probably go as a hoe. Oh, my God. And that I made perfect her. sense to me. <laughs> I fell in love at first sight. Knowing that I only only know RJ and Amanda at this, this yacht party that I was going to. And so I committed. I've never gone in public in drag before in my life. This was the first time. Wow. I wore the, you know, I don't even know what to call everything. Oh, pantyhose. It's I wore a red skirt or a wig. I put lipstick on. Did I think I did my nails, some, some eyeliner. How did makeup. you feel? I mean good yeah yeah, yeah right? i got a lot of attention for sure uh, my name was cinnamon that night with an s and two n's like i forgot cinnamon. about that so that was that and, was my alter ego and um, so i had not met brad at this point and mm-hmm. I, I was actually out of town earlier in the day um and so was getting to this party late and so things had already been going for a while um there's like a gate to get onto this dock you have to like have a code to get through <laughs> and so i've like parked and i'm walking up from a, a fair distance away and i see this woman <laughs> in a red dress and heels and i was like and she is awfully done up for for this place right now 
but it was so far away that it was like that's all I could think. <laughs> and uh, it took me a while to find like to, you know, I had to walk a distance to get there. So she had already gone through the gate by the time that I got through. Uh, I get through the gate, uh, go to the dock. Takes me a while to find the boat. I come into the boat and um, in like the back galley area, this woman in the red dress is laying on a couch, just like clearly having a great time all on her own. But it's actually Brad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that was the first time I met Brad. Yeah, I do remember that. Yes, yeah, that was... This is a beautiful it's a wild story. night. So that's when I met everybody. Bring that mic a little closer to your face. Uh, yeah, welcome. I remember that too. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't even... So you were at the that sand scum frog whatever that show yeah, was yeah because i don't remember meeting you but that was the first night i met rj, RJ yep. mm-hmm. and i had like just recently met everyone and so we kind of came through at the same time and then i remember going to sasquatch pretty recently after mm-hmm. hanging out with that crew and meeting you on the boat and whatnot and then I didn't know that you and RJ had this connection. And then I go to Sasquatch and all of a sudden you and I remember sitting outside of my tent and you and RJ started playing guitar together and like <laughs> harmonizing while you were singing Tenacious D, I believe, wait, and a bunch wait, of other wait, songs. RJ plays guitar? Uh, he was just, he was just backup singer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. No, so that was that. I feel like that's probably a common story for a lot of people that hang out with us that, that um, going to that Sasquatch, which Sasquatch, Sadly, no longer, but mm-hmm. meeting people and then taking them out to that festival is always like a really cool way to like really build some strong friendships. Like if, if you didn't have fun with us out there, then you probably wouldn't be hanging out with us anymore. Because yeah. it was just like for anyone, you know, who went with us, it, it just immediately made some really lasting friendships. So yeah. that was kind of the start. Well, and the Gorge and, and Sasquatch in particular really were the like the sole impetus for creating our own event. No, that's a if it if we hadn't done the things that we were doing there, it would definitely be in a different place in terms of the way that we plan our events or the or what we try to accomplish uh, with our friends when we go out and invest a lot of energy in something like that. Yeah. I so do you remember I, the moment? Well, I was gonna ask something else first. Okay. Is like uh, I think I know the answer, but what sets Sasquatch apart for you mm. that from other electronic music events at the Gorge? Well, Sasquatch, you know, wasn't really an electronic mm-hmm. music event. Exactly. Um, there was that one year where they tried, <laughs> and I I had a great time there. That was actually that might have been the year where the, the origin of the, the phrase came from. But you know, they did that one year, and then they backed off and tried to go really hard into like the indie music thing. And I think that sort of missed the larger trends in the market. Yeah, and that you know hurt them. But I mean, initially, I think Sasquatch worked because it did have such a diverse range of music, um, and I, and that was what originally got me hooked. And I wasn't always as into electronic music as I am now, but I always sort of had a place for it. Um, so it brought a, a diverse range of people there. I mean, it's at the Gorge, if that's like your, your uh, first experience of what a festival can be like, mm-hmm. you're instantly hooked. There's no way you can go there in the summer and not think that that's like where you want to be if you had a choice. Um, so it's, it's just, it really is a perfect setting. It, it's a great distance too. you know, you're going to hit bad it's traffic, perfect, but yeah. even with the worst traffic, you're probably looking at five or six hours, you know, it's like a two and a half hour drive from Seattle. Um, so it's far enough that you're making a trip of it, but it's not, doesn't ruin your weekend to drive out there. It was always the Memorial day weekend, which is right before, you know, right when spring started. So everyone's getting excited about summertime. Like 
the timing always felt so perfect too. Yeah. It's the first big festival and there's such a broad range, like you said, of people there. And so some people don't want to go to a festival because it is all electronic music. And they're like, well, I don't mm-hmm. like techno. So then they get to see other live bands and stuff. And so I feel like this cool place where everyone could come together and experience something cool and know some sort of an artist there. And then I think that ties in more to how what you're about to talk about kind of plays in because it was less about who you're going to see and more about the adventure. Well, perhaps that to an extent. I think a, a big part, though, when you compare it to like the festivals, the, like like electronic music festivals, is also the like sort of intensity of it is lower. Mm-hmm. Like it's there's more a, little, chill. a little more. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. chilling and there's more sort of like jam bands and a, a, a different sort of spectrum of music. That isn't all about necessarily raging really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're trying to get away from the city or, you know, whatever stress you have back at home, like there, there's a lot of benefit to that sort of like outlet for just like, you know, going crazy. But there's also something to be said for just sitting on a grassy hill watching the sunset behind a band playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when when did you birth it? When did you birth <laughs> APOG? Was so, it there? So yeah. this, is, this is an appropriate segue. Yeah. 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 Um, so the... It had been sort of in development for a few years. I mean, for the sort of the long trajectory of it, um, I'd been going to Sasquatch with my college friends for many years in a row. Um, and then one year we had the bright idea to get like, a U-Haul trailer and put a couple sofas in it and make like a little living room at the gorge in the campground. That was great. And so we built it even bigger the next year. And we had like a sort of a 10 by 20 like carport thing that was then the living room um, had like, like a coffee table that we like screwed like coffee table books into. So they stayed in place nice. and had sofas and lamps that weren't plugged into anything and just like kind of made a whole setting of it. Um, and eventually that led to even bigger purchases. We yeah. purchased a geodesic dome. And I think an important thing to note too, I mean, anyone from Washington office knows this, but the other big part about Sasquatch is the camping. Like you camp next to your car and then you walk into the venue and it's a long walk. So like, these guys were really starting to like make an effort to make their campsite like a fun place to be, you know? And that was always a cool thing about going to the gorge. It's like you'd wander around the campsites and yeah, it's a bunch of people partying, but it's like a cool chance to like meet people. And then you find the rare groups like this where it's like they're doing something more. It's it's more than just camping. It's like they're hosting people. Like they're hosting people at behind like their burning behind man. their cars. It's yeah. that yeah. burning man vibe for sure. Well, yeah. And that was what I think kind of really pushed over the edges. Then we went to our first burning man and we you know, built a whole bunch of gear these like benches we had the dome we had, we sort of knew how to like set up a like quickly set up a, a pretty epic little campsite that you could feel like you could stay at for long periods of time like you do at burning man so i think it was the only the year after our first burn that we came back and we brought like almost all that gear to the gorge so we had the bus with the roof deck and like 30 foot geodesic dome with like a big parachute over it and speakers uh we had we had already bought a whole bunch of silent disco headsets at that point um, not like the kind that you see at the gas works park, but like much more hacky. We had like a little like pirate radio transmitter thing running it. Um, and so then like our campsite was a party that for us really started to have the same sort of draw as the artists that were performing in the venue. And I think that that was when we, when you start like feeling like, Oh, why would I leave campsite or, you know, like, why would I leave the campsite? I've got all of my friends right here around me. We've created this sort of like intimate environment, uh, but with the same like energy and anticipation that you mm-hmm. get from going to a festival. Um, that was when I 
think I sort of had that like epiphany. It was like, we were spending so much money on this ticket. We could do this on any patch of grass. Um, and at the time, had no idea that I would be, sort of be picked up by anybody yeah, I was talking to. To set the stage, I'm, I'm pretty sure we were on top of the bus with our feet hanging over the edge, looking out at the sunset, like debating when we should actually go into the venue because everyone's like, yeah, I don't want to go yet. I want to drink more free beer. I want to hang out here. You know, like, I want to just like hang out here. And, I like, remember that. That was years and I's first year. And it was like almost like a point of frustration, but just like <laughs> also just a point of like brilliance from Evan. He's just like, we could do this literally anywhere. We have the bus. It can go anywhere. Like we could do this anywhere. It could be any patch of grass. Like we do not have to be doing that. We don't have to. And that's the other thing too. We you have to pay to park at the gorge. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not just a ticket to get in. We got to pay to park and that's not cheap. Got to pay a lot. Yeah. And so it was just kind of like, yeah, why? why are we doing this here? Like we could literally do this anywhere. And that was, yeah, I can't remember who was on that roof that when we had that combo, but there's mm-hmm. a, there's a handful of us. Yeah. I saw a meme today that was like, you know, have an awesome party with tons of my friends with people that I know that are selecting the music and a vibe and atmosphere that you won't forget because it's all your friends in one place or pay a ton of money to go to a corporate festival and mm-hmm. see a big name artist. And so it was one of those, like, I totally agree with that. That as as this festival market has grown and evolved to be this behemoth of come see all of these artists like her and I just bought tickets to go see Creamfields in the UK and it's like every single artist you could imagine it's like EDC but more and you're like how is that possible and those are cool. But then there's all these scheduling conflicts like, well, I want to go here and they want to go there. And it's kind of like when you're at Sasquatch and you've got half of your friends are like itching to get in. Like, I got to see this 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. artist. The other mm-hmm. half of you are like, I mean, I'm good. <laughs> so like you create that environment where you're all hanging out together and no one needs to be anywhere else but where you are. I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think another before things actually started getting going i think another big influence was what the fest too or that was kind of right around when things started picking up but yeah well it took us i mean after the after i said that at that mm-hmm. one year it was several years that yeah. was yeah. that was mm, four or five years ago um and we'd like played around with the idea we talked about taking the bus somewhere when any patch of grass was really going to be like let's just find some grass somewhere mm-hmm. um and it just, you know, our summer's were already busy with festivals we were going to. I think that was a big one. We sort of had our like weekends and all that booked out. And then one year we went to What the Fest, and that sadly ended up being the final year of What the mm-hmm. Fest. But everybody in our crew just felt so at home there. It was exactly the sort of like feel that we enjoyed where it's just it's relaxed but still has the energy of house music there and and you're a so creative walk from the entrance oh yeah i mean whereas at the gorge like you got that trail of tears (laughs) yeah and you're gonna make me cry just thinking about (laughs) well thinking about the trail of tears and thinking about what the fest yeah but so we went to what the fest that was just a phenomenal experience and then it was that year that they announced they were going to take a year off They, they took a big hit that year from um you know a number of factors um and so then we had this, you know, what the fest shaped hole in our summer. <laughs> uh, and that was, I think, when uh, we were like, well, maybe this is the chance. This is our opportunity to try and make something out of it. And that was actually pretty funny, too, because um, the idea started growing without my involvement. Mm. Um, Brad can speak to more to this, but I, <laughs> they yeah. actually came to me with it and said, hey, yeah, let's, that, let's that, do it now. The name APOG is definitely... We, we, we put that on Evan's shoulders for sure. He definitely uh, coined that. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think a, a lot of uh, a lot of props goes to Sean as well because you guys know Sean, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 
he's an extremely project oriented person. He's a lot like Evan in that way. Just loves to get things going. He has his own, you know, group that does all sorts of fun events through Seattle. They do the pitcher putt. They do the snow shampoos. They do all, all they have their own, uh, like, yeah, they, I didn't know that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're awesome. They do a lot of really fun events. So he's already kind of has that mindset. And I think, um, he was there at that APOG. He probably, I mean, that Burning Man, or that, ugh, that Sasquatch. He might have been on the roof with us even. I can't totally remember. But either way, I just remember him becoming to be like, is this, are we going to make this thing happen? Like, let's, let's get something on paper. Let's have our first meeting. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause like it was, like Evan said, it was always just like, oh yeah, we'll just load the bus up with some speakers sometime and just go do something. Um, but yeah, Sean was like, yeah, let's, let's start looking at venues. Let's start making meetings happen. It's like, oh man, all right, well, let's get evidence. Like, and so that's when, <laughs> well, that was the funny thing is they came to me and they, like, nothing had been planned at that point, but they were like, so we're thinking about doing this event and we're thinking about calling it any patch of grass. And like, you know, you said that. So like, do you, do you want to be part of this? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, they didn't feel like they could just, you know, go for it, uh, you know, without, without consulting on the naming rights or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, hell yeah, let's I do mean, it. And we also knew there's no way we'd pull something off like that without you. Uh, <laughs> obviously a crucial part of the team. Uh, Papa's got to build Yeah, I mean, it was, out. it was very, yeah, we weren't sure at the beginning because we, we weren't sure if it would just be go find a logging trail somewhere and pull off or what but then you know once you start looking at that didn't feel realistic for what we wanted to do um because you don't want to be shut down by the cops or something stupid like that so yeah we were we were thinking like the original concept was like in that the con in the idea of like let's find a patch of grass like mm -hmm. it should be just you know low barrier to entry um you know just us our friends some speakers some generators some lights if we can come up with them you know <laughs> like mm -hmm. very low-key um but then we we're thinking like man if we really do just like go up a logging road and like or, or even like parks, it's like they have sound rules, you yeah. have to have yeah. permits, do certain size things. So all, it very quickly became like, that's not even really an option. Yeah, you just it would just be such a, a bummer to like go somewhere and yeah. like, get not only down. get the party shut down, but like, you know, whatever fines might come with that. Right, right. right. Uh, maybe that's not yeah. worth the effort. And that's like, you know, being in high school is like, let's go up a logging road and get drunk. But then like if a cop comes and you're all drinking and you're on like some private property or land or something and then you all get in trouble because you yeah. have stuff on you. I've mm -hmm. run from cops a few times <laughs> in my Issaquah <laughs> High School career. Mm -hmm. The yep. cops and the, the helicopter, they would send the copter cops after us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I like it, the concept, obviously. And then it becomes a bit of a snowball because it's like, well, we got to pay for this venue. So we got to offer something to people mm -hmm. because we're going to make them pay money to come. Like we have to make people pay money now. So it, you know, it's, and that first year it was really a struggle. Like what's well, the right price point? Like, I mean, we still want this to be low key and fun, but you know, we got to cover it. Yeah. And, and none um, of us come from like a production background or mm -hmm. sorry, promotion background. Um, mm -hmm. And so like, having a read on on what is going to you know we have a, a pretty good crew of friends ourselves and so we like we know they're going to come but that is not going to cover even like the cost of the venue yeah and i was thinking about this the other day is none of the primary crew none of you guys are active on social media which makes it challenging <laughs> for sure because that's like the only reason we are active on social media is so that we can promote the cool things that we're trying to put out into the world and so if you know if you're not on there very often then all of a sudden you're like hey i'm doing this thing people are like who what yeah i think you guys have done that well enough though with that understanding mm -hmm. i mean call it luck call it a finger on the pulse call it whatever you want but i think what we've talked about is it 
the as weird as it is like you guys caught the friend zone at the height of their <laughs> social media tirade just like <laughs> rampant posting from rob and andrew they came on with and they just like made a scene mm-hmm. yeah. and then you evan i think you called out to have them come to apog and they were there and they were like holy shit this is this is the bee's knees. Like, this mm-hmm. is what's up. And then they were just so social media heavy on it about that. Um, that I think that kind of helped so that even though none of you are. Yeah. Well, we got to give huge props to those guys, but really everybody who came. I mean, mm-hmm. like that was the most, a- APOG is the, the single most rewarding thing I've ever worked on. Um, and it just like, just keeps giving. You just see these people who your only interaction with them has been just putting on this weekend and they months later are still just talking about how much they loved it. Um, just a hugely positive response from everybody who took part in it. And so the, you know, well, we aren't very active on social media. There's a whole army of people who mm-hmm. have just of their own volition decided to, you know, sort of be acolytes for us. And that is, uh, uh, hugely fortunate for yeah, something trying to get off the ground. <laughs> for sure. And it's never seen word of mouth and, you mm-hmm. know, people talking about it on their socials and then people who are like, have a social media following. And I think that's kind of that's you know some people make it that that's what they do and i understand that world she understands that Mm -hmm. world is like the the more i can be active the more facebook rewards you you Mm -hmm. know the more social media rewards you and so while those guys i think were super influential in getting things uh to the outskirts to like the far reaches of you know more promotion through channels that you may not meet those people but that's what I think makes APOG so great is what you talked about of having those individuals where everyone's a part of it. And like those people are what make it happen. Like they're the behind the scenes people, like production people. You can go to a festival and you're like, oh, this festival is awesome. But you never really have any idea about how much work goes into that festival beyond just the kids that were given a free ticket in order to come to the festival. Um, and so I think that's what's cool is that APOG doesn't feel like Evan's show or Brad's show or Sean's show. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like every single person that is there is there because they're a part of this awesome group and they're all trying to contribute something. And that makes this feeling of community and collaboration that is felt by everyone. It doesn't feel like there's any hierarchy of, you know, well, I'm the in charge social or the security guard or I'm in charge of anything it's like everybody's in charge and everyone and i guess it's like the burning man mentality Mm -hmm. and i think that's what is key in making apog something different and i think that's what's going to make it succeed yeah yeah we've definitely uh approached it a little bit differently because we made it very year one was very invite only um which made us all nervous um because uh, we had a our, our planning crew for the first year was seven people. It was Sean, Angela, RJ, Amanda, Evan, Andrew, and me. Um, and you know, honestly, a group of seven made sense because we're like, we might have to split some serious costs here. Like that was a kind of a way to cover our butts because we had no idea how much it was going to costing us. And uh, yeah, we're very selective with our marketing because we want it to be an organic growth thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's working so far, but it does make it difficult because you know we're all professional people to have separate jobs and having just bought a house and has to pay mortgage. So like, it's like, you know, we're, <laughs> we're trying to be as frugal as possible. I mean, you can't really grow something like this without a little bit of loss, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's good to see that community forming and people being excited about it because that's, that's what we wanted. I think, you know, 
If it, if it was the other way where we were just like begging people to buy tickets and blasting out there, it would it would kind of take away from it for us a little bit. <laughs> so we're we're glad. I think the first year was a big it was a big trial. You know, mm-hmm. when we got that feedback, it's like okay, we're obviously doing this again. But we really didn't know what it was going to be like after the first year. You know, we mm-hmm. might be like, well, now it's time to downscale and just do our friends again. You know, like maybe yeah. smaller, just maybe the bus party again or what. But then it was clear that people really enjoyed what we did. So well, I think easy. the loudest talkers were people like us and again like the friend zone guys who have worked a lot of festivals. And who have dealt with shit show management behind the scenes and really frustrating situations and not getting what you need. And um, it was completely different. And so I think going into it, we talked about it after, I think, on this podcast with a few of them. Like, it's easy to go into something small and be like, oh, great, here we go. What's this going to be like? And then to be blown away by how organized and well thought out everything was and the fact that we were able to go and contribute our offerings and really have a great time too and not be stressed out like we've taught i mean i love what the fest was actually probably our second favorite as far as like dealing with logistics but even there we ran into a couple things where we were running around when everyone else was off having fun and we had to figure out how we were going to have a mic and like things that should have been taken care of so i think that speaks volumes for you guys because it's one thing for people to come and enjoy your festival and then share it on social media. But it's another thing for the people working it to genuinely feel like this was a great thing to be a part of and, and, and honestly share that rather than being like, Oh yeah, that was really fun. Social media feels so (laughs) fake. Like, and, and part of it has to, in order to create that level of engagement. Like Mm. I, I can't put a completely genuine comment on everything but I know that the more comments I put in, the better it is. And so sometimes things aren't as great and genuine as possible. Um, but when you have people who are talking about it because they love it and they're mm-hmm. actually reaching out to their friends and saying, hey, I went to this festival, you should come. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to grow a festival. It's not going to grow it fast necessarily, but I think that's not desired. Like yeah. You don't want to just make it as big as possible. And I think that's what made something like What the Fest so special. Mm-hmm. For us, I think you know, there, there we had a, a couple wins at our back. Uh, certainly, you know, our motto kind of going into it was, you know, under promise, over deliver. It's <laughs> um, a good motto. <laughs> and th- well, and that was like just sort of self-preservation or something like that. You know, like <laughs> it's an event that's never been hap- never happened before. I think a, a big factor in why we made the first year so sort of you know word of mouth invite only it's just like we want to make sure these people here can like roll with it if something gets real weird <laughs> like because yeah. mm-hmm. we don't know what's good like we don't actually know how this is going to go down um and so we had that super intimate group and then you know people probably came expecting like you know a couple of lights from fred myers or something mm-hmm. like that um <laughs> you know and instead we had function ones in the forest <laughs> like that it's absurd that really you know <laughs> it's it's not easy to impress people when they are expecting nothing. <laughs> so, um, you know, huge, huge credit to all those people who took a risk on us the first year. And now the challenge is, you know, there are some expectations. And so how do you keep building on that? How do you not plateau when you're growing mm-hmm. so slow, as slow as we are? Um, you know, it's uh, we have to get very creative to make budgets work with an event that's this small. You know, we're looking at a... 250 person capacity and like 50 of those are artists <laughs> like one in five people one in every five people walking around the venue is going to be performing there. that lineup is um, dope yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um but so you know like it, we it really forces us to be creative in how we make sure that we we keep pushing that forward but i think the what we understood after the first year is that 
that community, that word of mouth community, the people who are willing to be roped into that sort of thing are sort of like the best people to party with. Like mm-hmm. those are the people who um, are, you know, want to be participation or, you know, want to participate. They, uh, they want to make it their own event. Uh, they want to bring something unique and get something unique out of it. Uh, and so we hope to really continue with that as the group and the party grows. Yeah. yeah, if you have to convince someone to come to your party, you don't want them there. Mm-mm. Well, we're still doing a lot of convincing. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I agree. Like there are certain friends of mine that I'm like trying to convince because I know they would have a good time. But that's kind of where that social media thing comes up. It's like you don't need to go paying for paid ads on social media to try to get people to show up because you don't want that random person yeah. well and even those people that need convincing some of them are just oversaturated. there's like so much going on out there yeah. you know it's like there's something happening every weekend so like i, I totally get that too um <laughs> but yeah we're lucky with the the community and the growth and like i was saying having such a large number of performers we're definitely starting to steal a little bit from the dirty bird playbook because they're <laughs> they're as much as part of the community as anyone like it's it's cool to have them out there and be interacting with people and and just being campers like everyone else you know it doesn't always work for their schedules some people have to come in and go you know that's the part of that lifestyle but but yeah that's that's a big big goal of it too is just kind of build that community out and make sure everyone feels like they're they're part of it no matter what their involvement is yeah i do want to give a shout out to a uh, tall paul too yeah mm-hmm. the the owner no. of the uh <laughs> evan's like who because <laughs> uh that's his facebook name yeah. he's tall paul Whoa, I he's very active Dude, on facebook he really? yeah he's yeah. super oh, sweet I, he so comments I, on my posts and stuff oh, yeah he's great for all the for all the listeners yeah paul is the landowner who has been the most amazing partner for sure. And that, you know, speaking back to the sort of evolution of the event, Mm -hmm. when we were thinking about like, are we going to do this just like on some random, you know, forest service road or something like that, we decided, okay, we probably need to go to a legit venue. And then we're now we're trying to find venues and we don't really know what we're looking for. Uh, That's like every sort of like idea we have is like contingent on what the venue looks like. Like, can this work? You know, um, it's just when you haven't thrown an event like this before, you just have no idea how to conceptualize what's possible until you are looking at a space or that was the roadblock we were finding. So we were actually getting very frustrated in the early days. And then Amanda and RJ had been to a wedding at this venue a couple of years back. (laughs) That's what Moon Mountain usually is. Yeah. A wedding venue. Um, And they're like, yeah, it was great. Like, you know, it's off the grid. Got a real nice sort of organic feel to it. Um, And so we go out there and look at it and it was within a few minutes of being there we're like oh yeah we can make this work yeah well and and, and not only the venue but paul like yeah, no, he was uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. huge so part of chill it. he's, he's just, yeah. yeah he's so chill he had this he had a dog named smooch at the time who <laughs> greets you by barking excessively um but you know as soon as you get out he's a total total love ball um, i think smooch passed away he, he did, did unfortunately yeah. Yeah. yeah but he's got a new one what's what's the new dog's name i can't remember oh i'm yeah. forgetting the dog's well, name you guys will just have to come to yeah. apog and find yeah. out <laughs> so, yeah well anyway um yeah, Paul, like I said, has been an amazing partner in it. You know, he was the the property had been partially cleared for something like this many years ago for an event that I don't think actually happened. Um, but that was going to be like a bluegrass festival or something kind of mm-hmm. that in that vein. So they had like some camping sites throughout the forest, Bellingham style. Um, yeah, yeah, very very crunchy. Um, <laughs> but uh, in any case, so I think he was just genuinely excited to see mm-hmm. his property used in a new way, yeah. and so he just loved everything we were doing. Um, you know, let us really, you know, sort of make the place our own. And then this year, you know, he's he's gone ahead and he's cleared more forest space for us. We have a whole new area for forest camping, an entirely new forest stage. 
with way fewer roots to trip over in the middle of the dance floor. <laughs> I'm I'm sure our insurers aren't going to appreciate that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you know, it's and we didn't even ask him to do that. It was like, oh, nice. He was like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing it. And then we like, I followed up with him. And I was like, hey, like, can we talk about this? And he was like, oh, what's happening? Nice. <laughs> didn't have to, didn't have to, you know, go him into it. We thought like, oh, are we gonna have to like maybe like throw him some money to make this happen? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, you know, he. He just took care of it. Yeah, he was like hanging out at the whole festival. Mm-hmm. would just like walk around and talk to everyone. Just I a part of it. I remember looking over at like 3 a.m. to say like something to whoever was next to me. And there he is, this beer. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. Okay, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That was, he, he told us ahead of time that he would probably do that. He'd be like, I'll probably hang out for a while. And then I loved you know, it. Sometime then I'll just kind of fade into the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, first year we got to go do a site tour and, and it was rainy and cold. It was the springtime. And right when we, I don't remember who was taking me on the little walkthrough and kind of going, okay, this is where this is going to be. And I, you, I could see it immediately. Like it's such a magical space already. And then you guys have just figured out how to really capitalize on each of the areas and make it almost like it, it was supposed to be there, right? It's just like... Mm-hmm. fits in so perfectly yeah yeah that's sure. definitely definitely a major sort of like goal is the aesthetic there is mm-hmm. as much as possible we try to make it seem like that's just how it, it is just like it's, grew it's out of there. the trees yeah, yeah. And it's yeah just exactly. there. the property's so beautiful already that yeah. it makes it it's easy to play along with it yeah it, it feels like a property that has evolved and shifted over the years already and so you could tell at this point, Paul was just like, all right, I'm going to do something new. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add something new. Wasn't there like a Frisbee golf course that was set up <laughs> through the whole thing? It's it's still there. Um, at, at some point, he was just It's like, an incredibly difficult course. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. we we toured the place and we were like, oh, that'll be great. Like, it'll be, it'll be an, another activity for people to do. There's also a horseshoe course there that we didn't use at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, <laughs> the Frisbee golf course is, is great. It's uh, it's all uh, like propane tanks that have been, had the bottom cut off and they're just on top of poles. But every single one of the holes is basically the end of like a little clearing. And so if you miss or overshoot, you're just yeah. like deep in the brambles. <laughs> and we're talking we, like bushes. Like, yeah. Like five, yeah, like, ten. Well, like not tall grass. This is like no. you lost your disc. Yeah, we, bush. It's gone. <laughs> we would have gone through a lot of Frisbees that weekend. Exactly. We, were, like, uh, we, think, that. we think this might like actually frustrate a lot of people. We yeah. should not promote <laughs> yeah. it anymore. And so like it was on like one of the first drafts of the map that I made. And then I, I just took it off. Yeah. It's like, nah, it doesn't, doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing that i'll call out is your uh your ability to create a sweet festival map <laughs> i feel like you always see I, those i surprised myself did, that you, one, to be honest. did you do any design in school because you, you well, do I have did architecture i mean it, yeah but you didn't like like so know, a component of that is multimedia um your presentation so you're you're doing all like the you know design of the buildings obviously um but then at the end of each project you create a presentation board and so there's mm-hmm. Um, if you want that to look good right. and present well, then you, you spend a lot of time on the, the little details. And so that's where like my sort of, you know, illustrator and in-design background comes from. Um, and I did like journalism before that, making like book layouts and stuff. So you also like things to look good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's, he's got the eye for sure. It's a hazard. <laughs> yeah. Cause all of our, all of our content short of the, um, the announcement video that Eddie made for us. That Which really was cool. so, so cool. Dude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eddie's Very cool. great yeah. with multimedia. Yeah. I'm a fan. But, I was uh, already excited. And then when I saw that, I was like, babe, babe, you got to yeah. see this. No, you that was, see this. that was huge. Yeah. And, so good. A huge, huge shout out to Eddie yeah. Adams. He, yeah. it was something that I had initially, so he just married, um, his now wife, Maria, uh, who also does like voiceovers and video editing. Oh. And after last year they had come, we'd, we'd known him for a few years, they're burners as well. Um, and I was 
talking to them about doing something very minimal, like just like a couple <laughs> seconds, some like animated text over something, like maybe some voiceover. Like it was, it was not supposed to be a big engagement. And Eddie just took it and ran He's with like, it. Oh, oh, like this? You mean yeah. like this? You're yeah. like, uh, yeah. Well, just like, you know, like Eddie is the kind of guy, he's like, he's like uh, routinely working for Amazon on like their promotional materials. Mm-hmm. Like he is so many leagues outside of what Avog mm-hmm. should be doing at this stage. It's just incredible. And we find we, we keep attracting people like this who <laughs> that's are what I was gonna bring say. skills it's like, like way outside of our uh, outside of our league. That's yeah. APOG in a nutshell. <laughs> it's like, let's pull a bunch of shit that's way outside of our league, but like it fits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's outside of your league, but it's, it's again, that community that I was talking about is you have these people that you, you're not just saying, hey, I need some help. You're getting a bunch of people that are like, I would love to help. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what's awesome is that mm-hmm. people feel that community want to be a part of it. Well, and it's like, it gives people a platform for it too. Like mm-hmm. the, like certainly Eddie didn't need any help finding a, a cool project <laughs> to flex on. But um, say I think of our good friend, Phil, um, who mm-hmm. you know, he's, a, he's like a software or hardware developer. Um, and last year he'd created the, the 3D projection surface that was in the dome. Um, which I'm, everyone who attended, I'm sure, has very vivid, awesome vivid. memories of. I mean, that thing is is just in, entrancing to look at. Uh, and that was like his first foray into that into that world. Yeah. Um, and APOG just gave him like a venue to do it on a bigger scale than you would if it was just going to be in your basement. Um, and that is, you know, now, especially this year, now that people kind of have a sense of what the venue looks like and what you can pull off, we have a lot of friends who are stepping up to do projects and in big ways that you know it's it's just another opportunity for them to explore something they don't normally have a chance to do and it is different than what they do in their normal day life just just like the rest of the apoc team Mm -hmm. like all of us have regular jobs that are are not what we do here you know that's uh, we're all definitely playing outside of our our normal uh, lane yeah Mm. side note we got to get phil in here yeah, yeah, you do. I agree. Yeah, yeah, he's so, great. <laughs> so, Brad, what would you say is your APOG role? And then what's your actual job job? Let's start with your job job first. What so do you do for my like job job that pays my bills. Um, I'm a product manager for a web development team. Uh, I work for a company named Follett Higher Education. They're based out of Chicago. Hmm. So I work remotely every day of my life. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Pros and cons, but I enjoy it. Um, so I got that gig. <clears throat> way back in, when I was living in San Francisco in the Bay Area, I got a, a paid internship. And so, like, I don't even have any schooling. Um, traditionally, I've done some certification courses and things like that. You can barely read. I can barely read. <laughs> Evan, Evan can test that, yes. Um, but uh, since then, obviously, I have experience. I've done some certification courses. But originally, I just was doing a paid internship. Um, kind of worked my way through. I did sales for a while. I was kind of, I did trade shows for a while. So, <clears throat> wore a bunch of different hats. But then we got acquired by the Chicago company. Um you like to wear a lot of hats. I do. I'm a hat guy for sure. <laughs> and wigs. For sure. Hats, wigs. Uh, so yeah, they're based out of Chicago. And so we just build their, they do like online marketplace. It's like a Amazon okay. for college bookstores kind of thing. So it's, it's interesting. Um, I, yeah, it comes and goes just my like availability to work on APOG. But the working from home thing is a huge uh, benefit because even if I put in a full eight hour days, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not stuck in traffic. I don't have to shower. Yeah. I you know, like yeah. I just, there's a lot of time to like kind of you can steal away for half an hour and do some for APOG or whatever. So that's been super helpful. Um, but then for APOG, I mean, kind of honestly, it does actually apply a little bit. I do a lot of like helping coordinate um, and, you know, getting schedules up and running. Um, obviously, having Evan in the house is easy because we shout in the hall and just take care of whatever. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. yeah for our listeners uh, both brad and phil and i all live in the yes. same house so it's yes, so definitely an in-house operation <laughs> yes for mm-hmm. sure definitely simplifies a lot of the coordination um but yeah i don't know it's kind of hard to define my role because you know all of us you know shout out to the ones who aren't here as well amanda rj and andrew like it's pretty much just see a need fill a need you know like it, it's it's interesting because it goes through phases you know we're all very 100 percent promotion focus or 100% ticket focused you know now now we're everything focused but you know kind of like ramping up to it you know we had to like build out the way we did tickets this year because we're trying to do it kind of exclusive but we didn't have a really good com- web suite for that so I've spent a lot of time with that and help with the emails and Amanda kind of takes point on social media and stuff like that so um so yeah I don't know wear a lot of hats I don't do, do you have a good job role for me yet until I get a paycheck <laughs> I don't think I get a job yeah, yeah. yeah. no yeah. job title yet. yeah don't hold your breath um <laughs> Yeah, uh, we all are wearing a lot of hats. I think, um, you know, we we try to put ourselves into like loose areas, but mm-hmm. so because we all have regular jobs, it's like a lot of times it's just something comes up and it's just like, who can, who can take this right now? And mm-hmm. so, you know, we have a, a very active Slack channel between all of us and it's just, you know, a few requests a day. It's like something's gonna, something's happening, especially managing like sort of the e-commerce side of it, the marketing you know, posting on our like Facebook groups and Instagram and uh, man, like especially this time you're dealing with a lot of like ticketing problems. It's just everybody steps in to do something. Because nice. you do PMO work, Evan, in general for a yeah. construction company, right? Yeah. So for my real job side, so I'm a, a project manager for like a large commercial construction company. Um, so I do and in mechanical subcontracting, which is like kind of technical as opposed to just like big picture. So, um, there's a lot, I deal with a lot of like vendors and sort of uh, contract specification negotiations, you know, running my own teams. Like, so you do this in the stuff field. anyway. Yeah. Well, it's like, I never really have to shift gears. It's, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I'm throughout my work day. I've actually the last, last summer and this summer been pretty fortunate that my workload at, at my actual job has sort of uh, tapered off a little bit as the intensity of APOG or running the Burning Man camp that uh, we go with. As that picks up, I've been able to sort of balance both jobs. Don't tell my boss. Nice. Um, and yeah, so it's it's really just project management all day, yeah. all day, every day. Um, and that so it means it comes naturally, you know. And it's not <laughs> if I'm not doing one project, I'm doing actual work. But yeah, and then you're also working on your house in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, and that's yeah you know, that. The, the timing of the purchase too. I, we bought that like the middle of winter, and I was like, okay, I, I can probably manage this if it's not too close to the festival. Um, so yeah, I bought that place, and like we got it on the first of January. Spent like a few months intensively working on it, like getting it to a point where I felt like I can live in it comfortably. And now, uh, my girlfriend Michelle is not happy with this, but I'm like, all these projects they just go on the sideline for yeah, a little bit. Like yeah. we got to get the Raypog, and then I'll yeah. I'll get back to adding that bathroom it's not even like you have to get through it but you also want to enjoy it and if if all you're doing is just trying to get to the end date you're going to be so exhausted that you're not going to enjoy it so i totally agree like that stuff can wait focus on not just getting stuff done but really enjoying the ride and then when you get there and everything starts to come together as you guys have dreamed it'll just feel so good yeah yeah so I guess for, like I said, you know, our roles are um, pretty fluid, but certainly I, I stick on like sort of the production aspect of it. Yeah, so I was going to mention that. Handling our, our contracts and subcontractors. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that's where your work experience comes in a lot too, because like just knowing like 
what would be maybe a good generator size. I have no idea. You know, like even <laughs> things like that. You know, Evan's done enough projects in the Burning Man and stuff like that. Like he just has that knowledge. So yeah, that's been extremely helpful. Yeah. So it's it's booking all those vendors and suppliers and working with the contracts. Uh, you know, I also had some background in like audio and and uh, sound production from years ago. So you know, being able to talk shop with you know, the guys that are bringing in the sound systems and all so that. So is that it you that ramped up the sound system as if last year wasn't, uh, wasn't enough? <laughs> um, That's actually a funny story. Yeah. <laughs> well, when the sound system is no longer available, you got to get uh, a different one. You can't just go down. You got to go yeah. up. Gotta go up. Yeah, so our buddy yeah. Josh, that was the hookup last year. Yeah, so Josh was, some, Josh was a guy that uh, I had worked with a little bit in college uh, for some fraternity parties. He used to bring in... Uh, turbo sound rig into a fraternity and that was it was a lot a lot of power for not that many people but it was amazing <laughs> every time hadn't touched base with them for years actually um, and then we were getting ready for last year um, initially I was thinking I was going to run all the rigs myself I was just going to like rent the gear and, and put it together and then I was like oh this is this is a bad idea oh, there's too much else going on so um, reached out to Josh again and he was all about it um, you know, came in and, and <laughs> really hooked us up in a way that, that just totally spoiled us too. Like our expectations of what a good sound system or running an event should cost after working with Josh were <laughs> so far off the mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, and so, yeah, that was amazing. It was a huge component of what made last year's APOG a success was mm -hmm. that, you know, that sound and having, uh, you know, just clear, deep, uh, you know, music at that four stage all night. Um, but then Josh moved. Mm. He's in uh, Missouri now. Mm -hmm. Missouri. Missouri. Um, yeah. We actually, for a while, we were talking about trying to bring him back to do it again. But <laughs> that's that a little bit much. Like, yeah. Because all of his gear is over there now, too. So we're like yeah. hauling a whole rig across the country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, but then this year, um, <laughs> you know, we knew we needed to find a new provider. And I talked to some other contacts I had in Seattle. And um, they could have done something kind of similar to what we did last year. But... They, like, they just weren't as enthusiastic about it. I was like mm -hmm. a little concerned. Um, and I was then went to a G. Jones show here in Seattle, actually. Uh, it was at the Showbox Soto. Um, and through some connections, ended up uh, with a pass to get into the booth. Um, and the guys running the sound system were right there. And I was like, oh, just like chatting them up. Uh, turns out they were from this company called Tiaga in Bellingham. Um, Everything's guys, Bellingham. Yeah, right. Interesting. It's, 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 no, it's nice. They don't have to travel far. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's like no no hesitation about taking a job like that. Uh -huh. You know, a lot of times they're going to like Idaho and Oregon. That's a pain in the butt. So we started chatting, got his uh, contact information, and followed up with him. And um, you know, the Hennessy sound systems that he works with, those are like custom rigs. They're not like something you just pick up at Guitar Center. Um, so they uh, have a, a really unique and deep, rich sound to them. It's pretty, uh, pretty awesome when you get to stand close to one of those speakers. Um, so we were pretty excited about that. We had him coming out. Uh, we knew we were going to have him in the forest uh, with the Hennessy sound system for the house music. And then we were thinking about putting just sort of a more uh, average sound system at the, uh, the Meadow stage, which is where our bands perform. Um, and at the time, I was asking them to look into doing a quadraphonic <laughs> sound system, uh, which is something I had dabbled a little bit with when I was doing like audio installs and had never really been able to do it right, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And uh, I was like, you know, just give me a proposal, like see if you can see if you can come up with a way to make this work. And those guys had recently helped out at a Tipper show in mm. Portland, and Tipper Tipper has his Surrounded album, which he actually produced in sort of in full stereo, you know 
left, right, front and rear. Dude's such a genius. Oh yeah. It's amazing music. Um, and when he tours, he often uses this sound engineer named Bill Weir. Um, and the Tiago guys had helped them out last minute, uh, get that show going. And Bill just felt indebted to these guys. So Tiago reaches out to him like, Hey man, how, like give us some pointers. How do we make this work? And he's like, wait, you actually have someone who wants to do this. Like mm-hmm. most clients don't, don't bother with it. It's, it's challenging. Um, and he's like, you know what? I'll just come out. I'll do it. Like pay for my airfare and I'll come. Wow. Uh, and at the time, like the IFOG budget was already so tight that I was like, ah, oh, I don't know, like, you know, give me a couple of days to think about it. I was kind of dragging my feet trying to free up some money in the budget for it. And in that time period, <laughs> the Tiago guys like start talking to their other friend who also has a Tiago and Danley rig, or sorry, uh, Hennessy and Danley rig, um, but doesn't usually bring it out. Like, it's just like he's just a speaker enthusiast, basically. And he's like, wait, Bill Weir's interest coming out? Like, no, I'll bring my rig if he'll tune it. <laughs> and I'll even help with the airfare. And so... Wow. It's, it's just you, like this, you want someone like that to tune your rig. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just like the story of APOG. Like, just things yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we went from, you know, just not having any idea what we were going to do for speakers to having uh, amazing rigs at both of our stages, having sort of like uh, probably North America's like foremost authority on these quadraphonic setups coming to run it. Um, and... You know, people just wanted a good opportunity to, to try it out. It's the story of APOC. I mean, that's a, that's literally like the ethos. People just wanted a chance to try it out. Mm-hmm. And that's from every extent of it, right? From Phil wanting to create to the DJs when I reached out to them being like, so if you could like share something that's non-music for 30 minutes what would it be and just starting that dialogue with them it's insane how many of them are so excited to feel that support and to want to showcase something that makes them tick or makes them excited like alan oh it was so funny when i asked him his response was so immediate and so detailed (laughs) i was like did you know i was gonna ask you this you just had this ready well it's like everybody has these things that they want to do and as a dj especially if you've been doing it for seven or eight years it gets hard to get super excited about something like it's always amazing to go play a festival but like you've played a decent amount of shows you've played at a decent amount of venues like you're stoked but this gives you that extra level of like feeling like you have something else to offer besides just oh i can play some music Mm -hmm. you know and it it goes from the top to the bottom too because like that's even like you know going back to the whole roles thing like we all wear a lot of hats we all do a lot of work but if RJ had one role, it'd probably be brainstorm master. I mean, the stuff that he comes up with, like, yeah. is just outrageous. And half of it, we're like, no, there's no way we're doing that. But, <laughs> but like, Chilligan Islands, like, right. it's such a dumb thing, but it was so much fun last year. And I think it was a huge hit. And we're definitely bringing it back. It's going to be bigger and better. Uh, but, can you know, you, it's got the. Can you explain what that is for the APOC? Oh, good point. Yeah, if you weren't there, how, how much can we? One. How much can Ooh, we? Oh, yeah. Do I need to use, uh, we can, use my we can, word? You could just. You, <laughs> could, you could let them know Lord, what it was Lord. like. Lord. <laughs> No, you can let them know what it was like last yeah, yeah, we'll year, talk about last year and know like, that it's going yeah, to be yeah. even better. So uh, it actually was, the funny thing about that tent is it actually was the tent we bought for Electric Forest when we all went out together. Mm. We had a crew of 19 people go to Electric Forest. We rolled yeah. real deep to that one. Uh, it was a great festival. That was an incredible festival. Um, yeah. But we just H- huge, huge influence too for yeah, what for sure. looks like. Yeah, that, that is next level. Um, but uh, so we bought that at Walmart and we bought so much gear because you fly <laughs> across the country for a festival. It's hard to plan. So we had these goals to like donate or plan to do something like maybe ship it back 
we got rid of everything. We just put it with free sign on it on our way out of camp. It's like <laughs> it's so much free camping it, you gear. Know, so I, when I picked out that year, everyone looked at me so skeptically. Yeah. And we're like, no, nah, like, why would you do that? I was like, yeah. Y'all don't know. Yeah. Evan was on something. Y'all know it. And uh, then it, we, we put everything there, like right next to our campsite as we were packing up and it said festival starter kit. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> we had like all these tents and camp chairs and like, yeah. you know, like a cooler. But yeah, the, one thing, gone, we, like, the one thing we brought back with us that we actually put on the plane was that, that tent. Um, so for... I don't remember the exact origin of Chilligan's Island. I, I think it was just a name at first. That's all RJ knew. He's like, I just want Chilligan's Island there. It's like, what is that? Well, <laughs> I don't know. And, and Chill has like a, <laughs> uh, it's very prevalent in our like mm-hmm. core crew. Yes, um, you know, the, the, the Burning Man camp we run mm-hmm. is called License to Chill. It's, uh, which is, you know, more tongue in cheek than anything else. But we like to chill, you know, Apox mm-hmm. vibe is chill. And so it, we often find ourselves like finding ways to work that like sort of inside joke in and, and now it's everybody's joke. It's not just ours. Yep. Is yam going to be in everything? Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. I don't <laughs> have enough time to talk about the yam. Rigatoni. That's a joke. That's a joke. Orange. Fuck. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be another podcast. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it's just like stuff like that. Like, so the people that weren't there, it was that tent and, you know, there ended up being some kiddie pools in there with ball pit balls. And, you know, we wanted like, we're a low budget festival, but you know, the ones that we love, the, what the fest, the electronic forest, you know, it's all about creating spaces. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just about going to the live, you know, the main stage and, and rocking out. It's like, oh, I want to sit somewhere fun with my friends and look at something interesting or just have a place to catch up and yeah. talk and looking at stuff, looking at stuff. Big so, fans of that. So yeah, it's like, how are we going to make these, you know, fun areas to be? And that was one idea that just kind of came together. And I think, um, yeah, I hope as the community grows, people just know that like, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for people who want to bring something fun and unique and mm-hmm. contribute, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's I mean, it's, it's one really simple example. It's already taken root, you know, yeah. people who are helping us create these spaces now. And it, um, that's really like that, that idea of like creating sort of smaller environments within a larger venue, mm-hmm. uh, you know, APOG is already a very intimate event, but uh, we're really striving to create those areas where just like a handful of people sit down and, um, you know, can sort of remove themselves and, you know, have a chat or, uh, you know, relax and just enjoy the sounds of birds chirping when the music isn't drowning them out and all that. Yeah, I think it's it can be enticing for festivals as they get bigger to have multiple stages to pull more people in to get more ticket sales. And it fragments the experience. Mm -hmm. And I think what's interesting about these small little hangouts is that it doesn't feel like it's fragmenting the experience because it's not, well, here's this other artist, so we're going to pull 40% of the crowd this way, 50% of the crowd is going to be at the main stage, and then 10% are at these small little stuff. Like This is very much like you've got the main thing going on, and from there you can fragment. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't feel like this total opposition between parties and then some people are interplaying between and i think i mean uh, you guys are throwing this show so you'll take it wherever you take it but i i I personally think that's an an important way to keep the ethos alive of that like we want to party with our friends is you can have multiple stages that are set up in ways but like people are still there for the same reason and they're close enough that they can interweave and interconnect yeah, I don't know. I think that you know, it's um, it's not as big of a commitment to have two stages when it's a small festival. You know, it's like if you're walking like 20 minutes from like, stage to stage or something like that. It's like the third. They might the as well be a third mile stage away, is you know? what <laughs> takes it. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, certainly, you know, we don't stack any of our artists right now. We have like additional activities and stuff that are around and you know places to go. 
I think in the future we we do hope to have some more diverse offerings yeah. like, simultaneously. All right. But right now at this size and and for like like the vibe of APOG as it is, um, we really want to make sure that like those performers are are there with a good crowd and that it's it's exciting for them as it is for the yeah. Uh, it's for so the important audience. not to water down things at this at this stage yeah. um, because the people who are coming and want to share it's it's we've done it it's not terrible to have 10 people in front of you but when you know there's a hundred around you're like wait come here mm -hmm. <laughs> so I appreciate the way you guys have things kind of layered at the moment mm -hmm. and you know it'll change as you grow yeah just like the ball pits mm -hmm. there'll, there'll be more of them <laughs> yeah, and a lot more balls. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I feel like that maybe originated at our bachelor bachelorette party. It did. Oh, <laughs> you're right. I totally forgot about so, that. RJ fell in love with yeah, the balls that weekend. I our totally friend Molly was the, the hostess, the, the hostess with the mostest. <laughs> That's right. And she's like, sends me a message maybe a week before. I was like, would this be weird if I filled George's kiddie pool with all these balls? I'm like. Um, weird, and that's perfect because we're weird, and we would love that. Well, it wasn't the original plan to fill the hot tub, but enough did yep. come in, right? right? Like they only she got, didn't get enough, right. so that's where she did the kiddie pool, which was better, honestly, because yeah. it kept everyone it inside. inside yeah. And then the balls that you guys used in Chilligan's Island were, were actually those the, balls. Yep, yeah. from yeah. Bachelor, mm -hmm. bachelor Bachelor Party. I totally yeah. forgot about that. That's right. So Molly has a huge part to do well, with Well, but Chilligan's. that's the thing that I would say going back to RJ is that he's always paying attention. <laughs> yes, so every <laughs> experience <laughs> that he's that he's doing he's he's but he's he's capitalizing no, he like is. he's yeah. like oh this could be something oh you, this is gonna be something so i appreciate that like creativity you don't carry around a book with band names that you make up in it if you're not paying attention that's uh wow <laughs> black market yams <laughs> he's, he's got a long list of great band names so he's yeah, so like you said, maybe ninety percent. You guys are gonna have to be like, no, this this logistically is not gonna work. But at least he's giving you a lot of things oh, yeah. to, to think yeah. about. Yeah, so it's that's been fun. And then um, I guess going back to roles too, we should give Andrew a shout out because he was he's done the Conscious Crew a couple times, and obviously he's done Bernie Man, and he's a very you know uh, kind of safety and process oriented person. He's yeah. he's the guy that you know it was very overwhelming buying the bus from him because I was like, I don't know nearly enough to own this bus. Cause he literally knew everything about that vehicle. It felt like, um, he's just a guy who likes to learn. And so he'll just totally dedicate himself to stuff. And so he's been huge in that front because being small, you know, you have to be creative. You know, we, we but want it to be a safe and friendly place. Even while you're small, you have big risk. It's right. Like, oh, for sure. <laughs> if for sure. That's Andrew, Andrew's role, especially this year, he's um, had um, some like major promotions and work. And so we've uh, sort of looked at ways that like we'll get the best bang for our buck for every minute we can get a time from him. And so mm -hmm. he's our sort of like risk management guy this year, uh, which is huge because it only takes one person to, you know, have an unfortunate event. So that's yeah. that's like our, our sort of it's a uh, always yeah. weighing heavily on us. He's, He's done been, a lot of been making sure we're covered on that. Us and things like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh gotta yeah. take care of your patrons. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Now he he wrote the entry signs, right? Oh <laughs> yes. Yeah. I knew it. We we actually didn't get to experience that. Yeah, I, we were just, oh, I, was, they were I was at the so grove all weekend. Walk us funny. through them. Walk us through them. I've never seen them printed, they were but I so funny. I wish I could remember them. The first couple we just kind of looked and was like, What? That's a weird sign. And then we we're like, oh, we were looking forward to them. Where's the next one? Yeah. It's gonna be good. Oh, it's gonna be good. One was like about Brad singing over the rainbow or something. Yeah. I don't know. And then my favorite 
one was if you see Evan, give him a hug. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah. yes, that's going to be great. Um, but then the whole said, way in. Hug. Oh, an I awkward got, hug. Yeah. I got a lot of you awkward hugs. <laughs> <laughs> or I think it was look at him awkwardly and give him a hug while you hug him or something like that. But on our way in, we were kind of bantering, trying to decide who, who? wrote mm-hmm. them. And I had I had money on on Andrew, he thought it. You thought it was Brad for a yeah. second, yeah. But then it came to the end and saw that Brad's name was on one of them. And then you were like, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> I, I the one I do remember was the uh, if you start playing, like was it Toto's Africa right yeah. now? Right like, now, right now you'll you'll be at the entrance by the end or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it was um, Phil Collins, right? No, it was definitely was Toto. It? Toto. That was that was the the peak of that that oh. song's craze. Oh. Yeah, if, if it hasn't. Already peaked. <laughs> is it still going on? Do people still I, I feel like it. You know, I feel like every yeah. five years it gets popular again. I so. think her reference was to a meme. <laughs> that, uh, that was com- it was like uh, at midnight. Oh, like right, if you right, started right. at oh, eleven fifty eight thirty, that the drum yeah, the solo drum will happen solo, yep. at midnight. Yep. That's what it was. Mm. Yeah. Hey, can I break out some of these questions? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. your social, media, social media, media presence, for example, yeah. is mm-hmm. popping off right now. And some of these are going to be a little repetitive, but I want to give everyone a shout out. So Andrew Hansen, so Fos who's mm. actually playing at APOG this year as part of mm-hmm. Friend, uh, Zone. Friend Zone. He's also doing some activity offerings on the side, which I hope everyone checks out. His uh, question number one was, what was the tipping point of deciding we are doing this? And then I put a secondary question and said, and were you sober? <laughs> <laughs> so like, was there a tipping point moment where you're like, oh, this is, this is definitely happening? I, I can I can confidently say we were not sober when any patch of grass was brought up. That's that's a pretty confident uh, assessment in my book. But the tipping point, I mean, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but it really I think came down to the venue. Like yeah. that's well, I mean, there's, there we were multiple booking. ones. I mean, it's in it, APOG when we first were like thinking about doing it, 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 re- it had a couple of stages of, mm-hmm. of evolution from there. So the the first one was I think if you're going to say like what pushed us over the edge mm-hmm. toward trying to make something out of it it was the absence of what the fest last yeah. summer mm, yeah and then after that what made apog what what everyone thinks of it as as now it was, it was probably the biggest influence was the venue yeah. of like okay now we have an actual venue we have actual fixed this feels costs. real yeah. yeah well yeah. and just like you know once you once you know that you're not going to be able to do it for next to nothing it's like now we got to provide real value yeah and so that yeah. was that is probably the the biggest one in terms of how it how APOG looks today. Oh, that was like the commitment point, I guess. But yeah, what the fest is definitely that's a very big tipping point mentally. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that so well. So sad. You guys had such a cool little campsite that was mm-hmm. like tucked in the back away. <laughs> well, just that, that our, our garbage yard was so <laughs> Garbage yard. Oh, that place is cool. Are, I know, you, are you guys going to add out? a pool party at one point? <laughs> uh, us, I vote for that. Give us five years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. We, we looked real hard for a venue that had had water features in it. Yeah. Maybe we'll come, but there's also a the huge amount of insurance work. Risk for that. Yeah, insurance risk and the amount of work <laughs> to keep that pool clean that they had to go through to like cycle water through and everything. Well, it helps though that it's uh you know only like shin deep. Yeah, like people are gonna notice if you're peeing. Yeah. So Jason Wu wants to know how do you create a how to create a creative, unique festival environment with boutique attendance numbers while still maintaining your margins? <laughs> Short answer, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I think the, uh, it's, that's a little harsh to say, but uh, we mentioned it earlier. It's, uh, it's like that creativity factor. Like we're, um, we're finding lots of stuff for free on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's, uh, you know, 
you don't pay for it for with money you pay for it with your time hunting for those finds yeah um you know our friend sky who's uh gonna be doing like a, a pretty major little like intimate space at this year's event she's the absolute queen of that mm-hmm. um and she, you know, finds ways to make really cool spaces out of just, you know, whatever she can get her hands on. Huge credit to her uh, for that. Um, but yeah, it's that creativity. And it's it's a lot about um, encouraging people to sort of think that way. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's easy, you know, like the, the festivals you're used to going to, it's just like we hire a subcontractor for that and they charge us X amount of money. And here it's like, well, that's definitely not an option on the table. So yeah. like, let's come up with something else, guys. It's it's the benefit of being very <clears throat> community focused because, you know, we've had to check ourselves quite a few times too. Um, Sean was extremely helpful in year one, keeping an eye on the books for us and just being like, guys, this is not realistic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because like, and it was good because we would have taken a huge hit year one, which we easily could have. We could have gotten real big, but like, it would have been hard for us to want to come back. Yeah. You know, we'd be paying it off still. So it'd be like, I don't think this is responsible, you know? So, so Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll probably lose a little bit every year, but then one year maybe maybe we'll make some. Yeah. <laughs> we've been well, luck we've been very fortunate today. Like we've kept it reasonable. Right. And that's yeah, we're we're just trying to keep it within our means. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that that again just it feeds back into the, the vibe of the event. You know, it's it's not are, it's not overproduced. It's it's uh, you know, based on the skills and attributes of things that we have, you know, available to us. Mm-hmm. You guys are trying to throw a party that you want to attend. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. not just throwing a party that you're doing as a job so that you can work right. it. Like max, you're all working the whole sales, time in yeah. some ways, yeah. but like you're also there because <laughs> the you want to party with your friends. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yep. That makes keeps work, that vibe alive. Makes work a lot more fun. For sure. Mark Martinez, who mm. played the uh, what the release party. The lineup release party. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's wondering, uh, actually, let's ask both of you individually. Do you have one dream or a reach goal that you have for APOG within the next five years? Hmm. I'm going to take a second on that. Well, Brad I'll, basically I'll, said pool. I'll like mine. <laughs> and this is obviously, it's hard to talk this far out without the whole team here because, you yeah. know, we have a lot of things. Every year we're going to have to re, you know, Well, I think it's good to have individual goals and then you guys will come together as a, as I, a group goal. I personally would love for us to start thinking about our own property. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. Easy, easily. I don't know what, if that's realistic for five years, but like if we could have our own property where we start building our structures that, you know, they stay there all year and like, we already have a need for storage with the Burning Man stuff we do. Um, Would and, you need caretakers in a tiny <laughs> right, home to right? help make I mean, sure that it stays safe? Because we could probably do that. My for bus you. would definitely be out there. <laughs> yeah. most, most of the year, I'd probably be out there in it. So, yeah. like, I mean, Dude, if you got like a couple people to make a tiny little com- and, and commune it goes back, and pay rent, it goes back to the community thing too. Yeah, we have yeah. a lot of friends that you know would like <laughs> to do projects out there and We're get yeah. running water so. and because the. Uh, the other festival that happened at the exact same weekend, which Cascadia, uh, no, well, the Cascadia rest. for yeah. sure, but no, Flow State, Flow State. Yeah. So yeah. that's what the other guys were helping with. Jade kind of helped with their sound and stuff. They threw a pretty cool thing, but irregardless of that festival, it was still the uh, venue itself. Is that Corey venue, and some people live on there and they do some stuff there. So having that, and over the years, they've started building up the ability to get fresh water, to have power, and start to get these things that you're not just going to naturally have out there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so by kind of creating it as some sort of a living space in its own way, maybe like a little pocket of it that allows you to start to bring in that infrastructure right. financially that you may not be able to bring in yeah. should you not have a, a bus living out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, when it's for us, it's going to be, um, you know, I, I don't know if we can continue, if, if we're going to make the event sort of viable on a long-term scale, like we're going to have to find a new home for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and 
I, when I think about some of the festivals that I appreciate the aesthetic of the most, something like Shambhala or Electric Forest, those are venues where that's really the, the main event that's happening there. And so the structure, the infrastructure is staying there. It's being improved upon mm-hmm. the scale of it and just sort of the way it feels integrated into the land. Yeah is really evident in a way that, you know, it's not just, you know, box truss staging everywhere. It's like someone, like a real artist created the spaces. Um, and so the opportunity to do something like that in the long, like on the you know, five, 10 year trajectory. That makes for me APOG, so happy. Yeah, that that's would be really, really goal. special. Yeah. 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 That's, for a, sure. that's a heartwarming Dude, goal. I wonder if we could buy my grandparents' property. They have a really <laughs> cool property, actually. It's huge. Even if you could buy like a quarter of it. It's so big. It's like 42 acres. Well, it's how, like, how do they feel about base? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean if, we're, old, if we're talking they five years. Well. They, so they don't they don't live there. Uh, they no. just have this property that they just does, go does up anybody to live once in well. No. <laughs> my, we go camp out my there. My cousin's There's, building a place on it. But sure. and, anyway, who knows? We can talk about yeah, that offline and we'll but yeah because yeah, i think let's not get our listeners too excited just yeah. yeah yeah it's in like the <laughs> okanagan cool. forest so it's like three and a half hours away so it's kind of like you drive east and then a bit north mm-hmm. um and so it's just that there's lots of spaces like that mm-hmm. where you can kind of try to get far enough i think the biggest thing is making sure you're far enough away from neighbors mm-hmm. yeah that's really the difficult piece mm-hmm. is getting something that's far enough away because I know you guys were lucky last year that you know everything worked out and well Paul we, we did cool. upset some neighbors but Paul Paul was a real lad and <laughs> handled that for us through that. Yeah, he, he was uh, there like at the forest stage, like emailing his neighbor at like two in the morning <laughs> on his phone. Wow! And he, he was like, he <laughs> such a funny story. It's so Paul. Um, you know, he's talking to me. He's like, man, it's uh, yeah, like it's kind of loud. Like neighbors neighbors emailing me, and I was like, well. Like I wasn't necessarily going to like volunteer to turn it down. So I was like, well, what do you want me to do? And he sits there, kind of like puts his hands on his hips, <laughs> kind of looks into the trees, like a few deep sighs. He's like, mm, maybe just like let it go for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And then maybe turn it down a little bit. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. It's just like, he was like, I'll take the heat. He's so great. Uh, Dylan and Adam both asked um, kind of what we've been touching on a lot of is community. How has a sense of community played a role in your lives and what do you think are the biggest factors that allow for the creation of community? So not just within APOG, but like how can other people work to strive to do what you guys are doing? Um, yeah, at the, at the risk of taking a hard left here, I, I would say I feel like I've identified the meaning of life in my own life. Mm-hmm. And I think that is community. Um, I think like whatever you're passionate about, like you can only go so far by yourself. Yeah, it's all about community. If you're a sports fan, you go watch sports with other people. If you're, you know, if you are a workaholic, you might love your job and spend your time with coworkers. Like it's all just about building community. So I mean, I think it's it's hugely important, and that's why I'm really glad that we're making it a huge focus for for what we're doing with Abog. It makes it a lot easier, um, and it makes really interesting and exciting things happen. Like all these amazing connections um so i mean it's it's 100 for me at the core of what we're doing mm-hmm. um you know we want we want to justify the ticket price we want there to be fun things happening and good acts and things like that but just like what the festival and these other festivals like if you're surrounded by awesome fun people you're going to care less and less about what's going on. you know like you're yeah. going to have a good time no matter what like, and so the community is what what sold apog more than sure. any other aspect of for it sure. you know the we had that survey afterwards mm-hmm. um where people could you know we'd it was a pretty short survey. You know, like we weren't honestly expecting that much out of it. People just like, 
Literally, I, I'm not, I don't cry often. I cried reading those reviews. Um, and the biggest thing that people talk about is just what that community felt like, um, you know, in big part because it was like all friends of friends. Like no mm-hmm. one there was separated by more than a couple, uh, you know, co- connections from anyone else. People talked about just feeling like so comfortable, so at home, um, so safe. And that's hugely important to us. But I think what, what makes, what helps build a community is sort of lofty goals. I think, mm. Um, mm. you know, the the core of our friend group, like Brad and I's friend group, and you guys too, actually, you're part of that, yeah. <laughs> um, in Seattle, has been these sort of lofty goals, and particularly like in, in Burning Man. You know, we we spend so much of our year getting ready to do that. Um, you know, our, our camp has become such a huge um, interest for all of us, and we are always pushing ourselves to try new things, and that creates new challenges and requires people to be creative and step out of their comfort zone. And that um, that sort of common cause and in a way to improve yourself is, I think, really key to keeping a group um, fresh and um, you know engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, people have something that brings them back more than just like, well, I guess I should drink with someone tonight. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's for sure you've got a little more diversity to what you're doing. So if somebody is feeling lacking in community, how? I mean, obviously they need to come to APOG because they're going to be welcomed <laughs> right away and feel supported. But if if someone, let's say, in the Seattle scene is feeling like they're not part of a community, do you have any thoughts on how they could make that happen? Are there just steps towards being part of a cool crew? I mean, I know that we've talked about it over the years. It's always so amazing. Like if if you guys go hiking, there's like 25 of you guys going hiking where for us, I know sometimes it feels hard to get even a couple people to stop whatever's consuming them with work or family and like go and go on an adventure and go do something. So how do you, how do you suggest that people take that next step and, and be a part of a community or build one? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, it definitely takes some very, like, uh, I don't want to use the Seattle freeze, but you know, like people are just, it, it takes follow-up. It takes effort. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's easy. Like you definitely find your passions and, and try and build like, it's easy to go out to a nightclub and see a song you like and find a hundred people that are listening to that same song. So like, you know, there's obviously that approach, but, but there's the follow-up. I mean, there's the being intentional about it. It's like put a time on the calendar. Like you meet mm-hmm. someone say like, let's go get coffee, you know? And mm-hmm. we're lucky that this friend group, you know, started back at UW and it was a pretty tight fraternity sorority group. It's, it's obviously grown a lot since then, but they kind of had that critical mass. So that kind of helps you get the ball rolling. But even that, like after knowing these guys, we didn't have a Greek system in Bellingham. Um, but after seeing just their interactions, the way they behave, like, a lot of that is very intentional. Like you can say, oh, Greek people are just out there partying, but it's like, if you're throwing a big party, like that takes a lot of work, a lot of like effort, a lot of coordinating. And like they're, they've been doing this since college, you know, like they have had this, you know, background of doing these kind of things. So you have to be intentional for sure. Um, and that can be hard and overwhelming and scary, but, mm-hmm. but it's hard as an adult to make, I think good make friends, yeah. I, uh, in terms of though, of like, how do you get into that community? If, if you're feeling like on the, on the fringe or something mm-hmm. like that, I, I think, you know, taking a, a cue from Burning Man or what we're trying to do with APOG, it's not only participating, but contributing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You can't just be present. 
Um, you know, you've got to be someone who's who's trying to bring something or trying to give something that you can. It doesn't it doesn't mean it's a tangible thing, but you know, you're the person who's coming up with the ideas for what the group's going to do, or mm-hmm. you're you're you know augmenting that experience some way with something that you, only you can provide, or providing it as best you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they share you if you share a little bit of yourself, then you're more likely to make that lasting impression or connection versus, like you said, just being a participant rather um, actually sharing who you are a little bit with everybody yeah and i think i think you that's a really good point bringing something and, and contributing because like you know a good example is like let's say you're having a hard time making friends in seattle you love a, a book and you want to go to a book club you show up with bookmarks for everybody at that book club guess what you're gonna have 10 friends immediately you know like that mm-hmm. there's a thing like that it's like trying to think of those little things to be like it doesn't always have to be you know some sort of gift, but just a way to contribute, a way to like, and it also bring doesn't something. have to cost more no, than ten cents. Exactly. I just had an idea. Yeah, <laughs> I just got Jordan to join a meetup for frisbee, ultimate frisbee, because yeah. it's right by his work. He wants to play frisbee, and he likes to meet people. I think next week you should show up with a big bag of orange slices. We mm, should cut up Capri oranges. Sons. We yeah, all made yeah. a joke about that when Did we were you like, should. No way! You totally should. I'm such a mom. You but should. So, but so that's that's that I think is important because. Uh, it's it's we talk a lot of social media like self-care and whatnot taking care of yourself and not like exerting too much energy on people that aren't going to appreciate it but what people have to understand is that it requires that little bit of setting yourself and putting yourself out there to maybe spend more money than you wanted to on someone who's not going to appreciate it or maybe spend more time and energy on someone who's not going to appreciate it but you at least give that option for other people to reciprocate. And if you are always waiting for someone else to make the first move, for sure, yeah. What do you, like it, there's going to be such a smaller percentage of being able to Stalemate. do that and so yeah. you you got to be willing to take a hit, which is exactly what you guys are doing with APOG. It's like mm-hmm. be willing to take a hit because you know that so much more can come from it and it doesn't have to be financial. Yeah. It can be emotional and whatnot, but the I think the option for growth is so much greater than if you just like sat back and hoped things would come to you for sure it's it's going to be risky but the reward is so much bigger yeah definitely yeah i have another question this one's from adam what are some examples of things that are not in line with your vision for apog oh preferably less obvious than fire festival hype machines or corporate sponsorships (laughs) and the second part of the question buying out apog (laughs) yeah dude you got molly good with that one she was like she was like about to go off on social media she's like (laughs) like, oh my god okay wait there's a second part of the question is also so what are some things that are not in line with where you're going just to reassure your fans and then also how do you maintain your vision while still allowing for this autonomous thing to grow and evolve give me a second to collect all those <laughs> yeah Can we um, a written list i uh, think as far as like maintaining I, I i think we just growth is slow um yeah. i mean that's that's part necessity just because of our budgets and our finances and our current venue we would definitely want to do get move mountain to mountain this year but if we go again we'll have to probably find somewhere new but you know Slow growth is, is key for that because um, it gives us a chance to really assess things and try not to get in our heads over too much. But so I would say, I mean, in terms of keeping sort of the center of mass of, of APOG where it is or something like mm-hmm. that, it's it's growing from within. So mm-hmm. like we've been doing so far, 
finding people within the community already and, and helping them sort of realize their potential to make these experiences instead of just like hiring out, yeah. you know, some portion of the festival. And making sure they have a voice too. Like if someone shows up and like, I want to take point on this next year, we'll be like, awesome. Like, yeah, how can we help you? <laughs> I think, I mean, the, it's, it's hard to say like, what are some things that we are like are specifically not going to do, but we're going to try and keep doing what we're doing and just improving it. Um, and so that means, yeah, that organic involvement, keeping people contributing and not just, you know, observing. Um, well, through everything we do, it'll always be focused on how do we make this more interactive? How do we get more participation out of it? How do we make people active participants as opposed to just present? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and not to be a broken record like anyone you ever known that's gone to Bernie Man, but obviously <laughs> the Bernie Man principles plays a lot in what we do. You know, whether, whether we explicitly say it or not, you know, like it's kind of a no trace festival by you know by necessity right now but that is kind of nice like it's a camping thing you know we, we don't want people making messes you know um you know we're not blatantly decommodification but we're yet to have vendors that's something you know we're trying to decide if that's even something we want to do or if we do who do we actually invite you know so like there's a lot of those burning man principles that you know are, are in the back of our minds all the time mm-hmm. you know whether it's explicitly said or not um and i think that's going to help us keep the vibe true to what people kind of expect you know as we grow because Bernie, Bernie Man was able to get up to 70,000 people and they obviously have their own struggles, but you know, they've, they've made a real strong culture around that and, uh, keeping that front and center in people's minds. So yeah, I think it'll help. Do you plan on scaling up next year and years <laughs> after? If so, what venues are you exploring? Oh boy. And that's from James. And he would also like to know if he looks cute or nah. Serious question. James who? Demarest. <laughs> that James is that's that's Tiago. He's our sound guy. Oh, oh. <laughs> James, you're you're beautiful in your own way. <laughs> you're beautiful. Uh, so, yes and no. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the APOG, it, it thrives on this like intimate experience that we can provide, where you feel like you're already connected to everyone you meet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we are at all interested in anything that would compromise our ability to continue providing that sort of community or a place for it to grow. Um, but it's also for the sort of our aspirations of on like on a le- uh, the production we want to provide. Um, we probably need to get a, a few more people in to mm-hmm. make that sustainable because mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's a lot to provide this many different sort of experiences with such a small uh, you know base of, of people coming in. So. There'll be some growth, but we're not in any rush to blow it out. I promise we won't be <laughs> being acquired by Live Nation at any time ever. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll shut it down before that happens. Yeah. Um, I I think as far as venue goes, obviously there's a lot up in the air. We've loved Moon Mountain, and like Evan said earlier, there's no reason we would be here if it wasn't for Paul and his property. Um, you know, in a perfect world, we could just be there every year and make little changes to his property <laughs> until, you know, start building parking lots. But I mean, it's just not realistic. Um, you'll all, everyone's coming. I hope you've been uh, following our social media about parking because yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be tight this year. Um, I think we'll be fine. We got a plan, but you know, unfortunately that's just a realistic part of this, mm-hmm. uh, this property. So I think it kind of fits with the whole Bernie man idea too, though. Mm-hmm. It's like carpool. Yeah. Like how can you yeah. reduce the stress necessary to get here? Yeah. Like, find a friend i think i think you know i'm not sure how many people going will listen to this but i think that's another thing is encouraging that idea of how can you make friends with someone early on how can you post in the apod group and say hey i'm solo who wants to ride from seattle mm-hmm. together i think they have you guys have something organized for that right yeah. carpool sheet i haven't yeah. looked at it recently i don't know if anyone has 
actually used it. Yeah, yet, I mean, we're we're like kind of vehicle passes have only been on sale for a yeah, few days now. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, to to fit everyone, we have mm-hmm. to average two people per car. So yeah, like and so uh, and that's that's a um, you know major unfortunate limitation of the venue, but it also you know it could end up being a blessing. We're, we're yeah. really hoping that people um, who find themselves in a situation where they can't start in a carpool find you know or start can't uh, have more than one person in their car will make a new friend or yeah. you know that we can sort of jumpstart that community ahead of time by helping everybody just get there i love yeah. the concept for sure so one uh last question that a couple people asked and i want to i didn't put detail on it but i want to add my own detail on it so the question is what is your favorite patch of grass <laughs> and i guess my my specificity on that is i don't want it to be apog related so yeah. like what is you like if you could just go like crawl your up on your place. yeah where's your happy place where's your patch of grass man it's hmm. the gorge yeah <laughs> yours is the gorge i mean yeah, yeah absolutely that that hill over that the main hill. stage at sunset yeah, it's hard to beat being at the gorge. I could even listen to country music on that hill. I, I have. I, I, I won't. I have, I have, but I would. I, I went to, uh, what's it called? What did they do out there? I'm with you. Is it Watershed? Oh, Watershed. Yeah, I did Watershed one year. Wow. I wore the boots. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty special. Um, now he wears the boots with the fur. I, I will. <laughs> we actually need to get you a pair of those, Bren. Yeah, we do. You're right. You're right. Some apple bottom jeans. Uh, to be creative, because uh, Evan took that one. And it was actually the first thing that came to mind, but like my parents place out of Hood Canal. That's what I think. So many years out there. And honestly, my dad loves grass and always does a very good job maintaining it. So (laughs) it's it's always a great patch of grass. Um, But yeah, I've spent so many years out there and I've actually, I'm actually just in Seattle for 24 hours right now because I was out there working on the bus. We're trying to get painted. So I'm heading back out there tonight. Nice. Um, We've been meaning to come out there. I know. I need to get you guys out there. Well, you guys have the flexible schedules too. We should start. Not anymore. Oh, that's right. You're a professional man now. I got a big boy job. It sucks. Sick day. It it doesn't. I love it. Um, But yeah. But yeah, that's just just a lot of good memories. It's just always been a place in my in my life. But yeah, it's good grass too. Nice. Really good grass. Yeah. So grass related. That's where you know Bellingham is nice. You got. Decent grass and gorge. <laughs> Clar- can you clarify that? Yeah. <laughs> Not the smoking kind, boys. Come I mean, on, boys. I mean both. Uh, you have lots of rain, which makes the grass that's in the ground grow. Yeah. Uh, versus like the gorge, I can only imagine that just has to get watered all the time. They have those giant sprinklers set up yeah. to keep it alive. So if you kind of had this vision of APOG in the future, uh, how important is well take well manicured grass versus like bringing out a giant patch of AstroTurf? I mean, <laughs> oh, it's, it's we're not no, it's any patch of Astro. It's any patch yeah. of Yeah, that's why I'm At least yeah. field turf. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll splurge for the good stuff not that astroturf well no, I was just trying to think of like uh, essence wise you yeah. were saying the gorge and so like the gorge has that like you know eastern Washington like mountainous like dirt but there's not really like good grass in the venue mm-hmm. though the parking the parking did but like the venue had pretty yeah. well good mom yeah I, I mean it, like it, if we're talking about like from a horticultural standpoint <laughs> the best yeah. Grasses, uh, uh, yeah you're right the, the gorge is probably not the best answer i'm talking about like where i find my inner oh, patch no. of grass yeah. I, i'm more talking about future <laughs> apoc yeah. i'm still brainstorming so, uh, ideas yeah. I, I mean uh, 
I'm thinking like What's just the, over I-90 past Cleallum. Like uh-huh, how can you get a good uh-huh. spot right off the road? But. I mean, we, we brought in some fake grass for the lineup party at a substation. Yeah. So, you know, we're not, we're not above that. By we got means. necklaces it's, with yeah. AstroTurf on. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, APOG is it, the, having that peaceful environment yeah. to, mm-hmm. to complement sort of that like unwinding from your, your daily life. That's absolutely crucial. And I, I don't think you could accomplish that with, you know, a manufactured grass yeah. surface. Yeah. I so agree. wherever, wherever it goes, APOG is going to be, it's going to be on this side of the mountains. It's going to be, there's so? going to, there's going to be trees. There's going to okay. be that shelter and that sort of, you know, that Northwest feel. Yeah. I think those mm-hmm. are definitely all love. staple items for sure. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got to figure out a way to get a That's water so feature too. Yes. We've definitely talked about that. Mm-hmm. Is there water on your uh, grandparents' property? Uh, there is a pond that is very swampy. <laughs> it was beautiful, though. It wasn't swampy. I uh, no, I mean it's beautiful. You just wouldn't yeah. want to like, go in it. I mean, you you probably could. Uh, there, there, there's the one that's nice. The one that was close to the camping site was more like uh, mosquito breeding yeah. ground, mm-hmm. which is not fantastic. But if you're but if you're in June, you're not going to have this, depending yeah. on the time frame. But that's that's one thing you got to deal with anywhere is bugs. If you're in the Pacific Northwest and you are in the in the summer, you're gonna have mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. But at least if you live on a property, you can uh, you can take care of it. Take care of it. Yeah. yeah. Though we have you know uh, have our own reservations about that sort of thing too. You know, like how much do you modify the land you're on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that is that appropriate? We're we're wrestling with that as we think about you know mm-hmm. what sort of spaces we'll create. Yeah. Yeah, I like kind of what they did with Flow State. Um, they're really careful about what they do over there and they just have some stages built, like you said, that are just fully set up stages. Like one of their stages is a, a geodesic dome that's set up just like your guys's, um, where the actual metal structure is always there and they can put a layer over the top of it. Mm. And they've got this, like this saloon stage where there's like cool little areas to run around in. And like, there's a ladder that takes you up into a second story and it's all just built there. It's not built there in a way that like affects the landscape really at all. That's cool. Um, So I think it's definitely possible to still be conscious. similar to Burning Man. Obviously that has a huge effect on the land, um, but they still do it in a conscious way to make sure that they're limiting how much it actually affects things. I feel like we should take a field trip (laughs) out to on on just like a random day our friend lives there so we should take you guys on a field trip to the quarry and just see the way oh, yeah. it's all laid out just for future thoughts if you do buy a place on different ways that you can incorporate it and maybe mm. use it as a as a living space that also offers a really cool festival every year mm-hmm. i like so that yeah, field trip yeah all right do you, anything else you want to touch on because we got to let these guys go home I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Any, any, any other pieces you guys want people to know about? Can A-Pod? we get any spoilers? Like any, because this is gonna mm. come out before the festival. Is there any little tiny thing, or can you give us an idea when when they're gonna when they get to know more stuff? Well, or do they just have so to show up? We'll have the uh, the preliminary schedule and, and map coming out here very soon. Okay. Probably probably close to when this episode goes live. Cool. Um, so people get a peek there. Um, but I think the the thing I would tease the most that I, I just don't think anybody is ready for is what the Crystal Grove is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our forest stage. That's where yeah. the quadraphonic stereo is going to be. Um, everything about that stage is designed to look like it's sort of, or, you know, the, the vibe we're going for is that it's always there. It's not mm-hmm. a stage we built. There's no like overhead rigging. You'll be completely immersed by the lights and the sound at that stage. Um, and, 
I could not be more excited about yeah. what that experience is going to be like. In that same area, Phil's been working nonstop on a new light installment too. So he's oh, got, it'll be over there yeah, this time. So that's going to be Ooh. it's going to be very cool. He spends a lot of hours in his room working on that, so <laughs> I think it's going to be very impressive. I will say that's smart because last year I felt a little torn when I went and discovered what he had going there, and then George's right. like, eh, "Let's go back over," and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't, I want what." I like this. It was. Mm-hmm. It felt a little bit like I had to choose. So I like that's going to be right there. Yeah. Smart. Okay, those are good teasers. I'll take those. Do you have any teasers? Yeah, that's you true. Want to I give mean, out? yeah, we didn't you're mention that during the podcast. You're a you're a huge help this year with the uh, um, program lead, essentially. Programming. So. Yeah. I mean, I kind of talked about it briefly. I reached out to a lot of the artists, a lot of the DJs, and said, "Hey, what else?" What else do you love? And some of them right away were super excited and had ideas. Like Alan O has, I don't know if I should say what actually. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. I, I'm not going to say excited. what they're going to actually do yet, but let's just say some of them were really excited. And then a couple of them needed Mama Nella to kind of like nurture them a little and be like, yeah, I'm <laughs> sure there's something that you love. And they were just weren't sure how to put it into words or what it would look like. And so with like Austin and a couple of people, I kind of mm, helped brainstorm. I do and, love chugging beer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were like, okay. And so we did That'll some Googling. Yeah. <laughs> there was some brainstorming. So it's been fun. It's been fun kind of helping, like you said earlier, helping some of them either give them a platform for something that's already been in their heart, in their head, and they're excited to share, or kind of encouraging a couple of them to say, hey, yeah, I get that you're a DJ and that's really cool, but I bet you're multifaceted and what else What mm-hmm. else do you want to contribute? And um, so, yeah, it's been pretty fun coordinating all that. I'm I'm really excited for your guys' collaboration with Noisy Waters. Yeah, Ooh, yes. we had a great call with them, and they're very similar to us in the fact that they have their art that they want to share, and they're just gonna move through that. Like I think we were a little nervous in the call because sometimes we've worked with people before where they want to plan out. Well, at this time, then this happens, and at this time, that happens, and we're like, yeah, we don't. Don't really do it that way. <laughs> Sounds so, like they're more of a of a flow. To yeah, the, to their yeah. So it was good to talk, and and they felt similar to us that we'll be able to just let it flow together. Yeah. And, well, and for people listening, the the idea is uh, one of our bands, another group from Bellingham, Noisy Waters. One of the guys is actually a harpist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> harpist. Yeah, he harps. Uh, <laughs> he harps. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, so him and then uh, his his partner, uh, another producer and vocalist, are going to be providing a, a live music accompaniment to a yoga flow yeah. in the morning. Uh, so I'm not even a yoga guy, but I'm going to be there for that. Sweet. For sure. Yeah, sure. and that's what we talked about is setting it up in a way that it can be like participant based where you're doing the yoga or it can be something that people just kind of crawl out their tents and go, ooh, what's happening over there? And they're watching people do yoga and they're listening to the music and they just get to chill. Yeah, so. and that's just, you guys met, touched on it before, but like participation, like, yeah, we're looking for more than participation, but if you are there, like the number one thing is participate. Go Just to be different present. things yeah. and like be willing to experience them. Like you said, I'm not a yoga person, but like I'm gonna do this yoga thing. Like there's gonna to be, be fair, tons Jordan's of- definitely a yoga person. <laughs> <laughs> that be- was his Evan voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be tons of things that you're gonna be like, 
what is that? And why would I do that? And then you go do it and you're like, okay, that was actually a ton of fun because the people that are putting this stuff on are putting it on because it's their passion project. And that's kind of APOG as a whole. It's like everyone's doing this because they're passionate about it. And how can you show up for those other people? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I don't know if this is the... Do you think it's a good idea to give someone kind of a walkthrough on like what they can experience when they come to APOG without giving away specifics, kind of touching on like, you know, stage timing of how things are laid out? Um. So, yeah, I'd say uh, without giving away too many of the details, like you're going to walk into a very relaxed festival environment. The stages and the camping are all intermixed. There's no like boundary between them so you're mm-hmm. you're in it the whole weekend um we focus our music at two different stages predominantly there's a a stage in an open grassy area that's the meadow then there's a forest stage a short distance away in the trees that's the, the the crystal grove we have bands playing a pretty eclectic mix um on the meadow stage during the daylight hours and that ends around sunset and then we move into the forest and the forest stage goes late. It goes until 4 a.m. And in a mix of that, we'll have other activities, little pop-up experiences that are only there for a few hours and they, they shut down. Um, so we you know, keep people moving around, um, trying to make everything sort of uh, ephemeral in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, as, as, uh, definitely the, the music offerings this year are a lot uh, more involved than what we had last year. We have way more artists. Uh, we've made Friday like a real proper day. Uh, last year we were like, ah, like are we going to get people who can come off of work and come to this thing? And so everything was sort of, you know, backloaded on Friday. And now Friday is a real day with music. It starts only a little afternoon, um, and goes until late night and then again on Saturday. So a lot of music, a pretty wide breadth of, of music and styles, um, and everything from sort of, you know, sunny jam music to, dark techno music in the forest it's uh it's gonna be a lot of fun and so people should plan on if they can to show up thursday night yeah so we will open the camping area uh early on thursday night for people who want to come in um there will be like a a special you have to like you know uh, let us know that you're coming early just so we have a sense of, of what kind of influx we might get for that but yeah people can come in so they're ready to to rock out on friday and we'd love for that too. That um, helps sort of uh, reduce some of the load on gate. Expedite the process. Mm. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like we we want to make sure that everyone's able to to get in and and immediately be relaxed. And travel can be tough. It takes like you know a you know an hour and a half to get there um, if there's, there's nothing in your way. And so we definitely encourage everybody to uh, try to time their travel so that they they get the fastest route for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool, cool. I'm excited. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. I think it's I, I we're gearing it up as to be our main festival of the year. Yeah, like it's it, you kind of evolve and grow through your festival world of what takes priority. Um, and in terms of like you know Sasquatch not being there anymore, and festivals come and go, and there's certain priorities on different ones. Like APOG has felt like uh, our priority and it feels like our immediate community agrees with that. Mm-hmm. feels like people are kind of in that space where the big festivals 
have come and everyone's experienced them and they've gone to them and people still love them. They're looking for something new. Yeah, that, that bubble has popped. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's where we're trying to, to fill that void with, with something unique and intimate and bring that the, the best elements of those large productions to like a, a personal individual scale. Well, and we weren't able to go to Burning Man last year and we kind of made the conscious decision again not to go this year. But for both of us, it feels like we get that Burning Man vibe and it's way less expensive and <laughs> way less of a commitment. Mm-hmm. And so we we get we get that little, yeah, that that itch scratched. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm actually taking my first year off from the burn in five years. Yeah. So all that energy that I was putting into, into <laughs> running LTC, it's it's all in APOG this Watch year. Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. Nice. And then as of the time or the date of us recording this, uh, do we want to let people know how many tickets are left or yeah. just kind of... Not, not many. many. Getting, <laughs> yeah, not many. Getting pretty much to the last few tickets. And so it's it's a small number. And yeah. if, if you want to go, you better snag those tickets because mm-hmm. yeah. well, I know we, a lot of people that are on the fence. And so yeah, yeah. if all those people pull the trigger, tickets well, are gone. Yeah, we have a, a handful of friends who just are being lazy, as people are, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's mm-hmm. going to, yeah. And and that's, that's the hardest part as, a, as an event promoter is people wait until the last second. Mm-hmm. And we really tried to encourage people to get in this year. Uh, we had you know, that phased rollout of tickets where veterans had you know exclusive access to tickets, and then they were able to refer their friends. We had like a ninety percent capture rate on people who went last yeah. year. Yeah, like, awesome. everybody went in. <laughs> uh, I don't think any festival can say that. Yeah, that's amazing. Very cool. Yeah, it's, wow. We are so fortunate for the the supporters we were able to pick up in that first year. But so right now we're we're less than a month out. We've got um, forty tickets left. Something like that. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. We're selling a few every day. So yeah. like probably by the time this airs, we'll be down to uh, not many. I don't, not many. I don't want to make a projection and be wrong, but yeah. it, it's a. Uh, and where do they go the to snag those tickets? Uh, so they go to our website. Uh, that'd be the easiest route. That's apog, A-P-O-G dot life, L-I-F-E. Uh, click on the tickets tab and you'll uh, you'll get a link to our store. Cool, cool. And the other socials, other ways people can stay in contact. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, in the interests of maintaining this community, we have that closed Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So you can find us, um, but you need to be, you have to send us a request to be added. We'll ask you a couple questions, sort of um, help set the stage for what it's like to be in the APOG community. It's nothing, nothing huge, um, but you have to answer the questions to get in. So mm. we hope everyone comes and finds us and learns about about the event and uh you know starts thinking about ways that they can get involved and what they can contribute we also got uh amanda kicking butt on our instagram account that's any patch of at any patch of grass so that's fun and that'll be really fun too once the event wraps up so start following now because you'll get to see a lot of fun pictures there from from this year and everything yeah we've got a a top-notch media team coming for us this year so we'll have lots of great photos we should have some pretty sweet footage too we've Mm -hmm. got a a very talented videographer coming Uh uh-oh I like the sound of that. I know. Let's end this so I can get inside the details. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you two so much for coming in. And we are looking forward to APOC. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide. 